Welcome to the Made for Memories podcast, where we explore the sport and business of fishing and the great outdoors in Canada. Presented by Len Thompson and Northern King Lures. Here are your hosts, brother and sister duo, Brad Pallister and Jessica Pallister Dew. Welcome everyone to the Made for Memories podcast. Brad Pallister here with sister. Hello. I am the sister. You are the sister. Have a different kind of a guest today for our listeners. Can I tell a quick story before we get into that? Uh, Yeah, sure. I had a consumer place an order on the online store today and we were out of the specific t-shirt that they wanted. Um, so I call this guy and as soon as I say that I'm just from Len Thompson, he just totally warms up. I tell him the problem and he goes, oh, so, you know, whose fault's that? Is it your brother's? And I laughed and said, well, he's not here. So I, obviously I can blame him. Although swag is definitely firmly. I was just, on yes. <laughs> I was just going to say, did you correct the problem? Because swag is definitely your problem, not mine. We're, we're So if you're trying to place an order, we're a little low on some items right now. I'm working yes. on it. Um, but anyways, I thought that it was really fun that he was familiar with our story and the fact that we're siblings. I don't know who this person was, um, but I'm wondering if maybe he's a podcast listener. Hopefully it's growing. Yeah. It's growing sure. well. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, I just wanted to tell you that story, brother, sister. I don't know if I had told you that yet. So no, you hadn't. Anyways, today we have a different guest. We're not talking explicitly fishing, mm. but something that lots of people may directly associate with fishing. Yes. Um, we have Hans who is one of the uh, owners of Blind Man Brewing, uh, our local brewery, and the maker of the Five of Diamonds Pilsner coming on today to talk to us about beer and... Bidness. Bidness, some little, some bidness stuff. So we we uh, we have um, about a three-year partnership with Blind Man now, I think, right? Four? Three or four? Four. Four. For your partnership with with Blind Man, we get a small royalty on every can of Five of Evans Pilsner that uh, that uh, that they sell, and then we reinvest one hundred percent of that royalty back into conservation related projects. So uh, we've done some uh, cool little projects in terms of uh, we fed the fish for a month. This one, a fish hatchery on the on the east coast, mm-hmm. uh, one of the Great Lakes. Uh, donations dried up during COVID and they're like, it takes costs this much to feed all of our fish in one month. And we don't have enough money and we're like, well, we'll feed your fish for a month. So that was kind of neat. We've done some individual sponsorship of kids uh, can catch events and things like that with not only ours here in Lacombe, but uh, others uh, throughout the province. And we've also stocked a whole bunch of fish. So we've done a lot of fish stocking. Yeah. So we've I which think, is not a which is not an inexpensive endeavor. Um, no, like five uh, bucks a fish. Yeah, for uh, for uh, I, I believe for a six to eight inch fish, it's four ninety nine, or maybe that's a seven nine inch fish. Anyways, it's 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 five bucks because we get we try to stock fish that. Uh, that are not super small that, uh, that, that have a, a kickstart to their growth, uh, um, path. So, 
um, yeah, we've we've donated uh, money to stock thousands of fish in, uh, uh, I think, about 10 different lakes, ponds. Is that right? 10, 12? So but you, Brad, it... you, I mean, you don't give yourself a lot of pats on the back, but I'd like you to give yourself one right now. Go ahead. Good job, Brad. Because yeah. you have found a really big passion working with the Lacombe Fishing Game quite directly. And something you have been really working on lately is a cool project that just happened. Today. Like finished. Today. Well, almost finished. But yes, today. Tell um, our listeners about... This no, actually, no. I'm not going to tell the listeners, but we'll we'll, we'll talk about it with Hans. We'll talk about oh, the project okay, with okay, Hans. Okay, okay. Um, but let's, uh, without further further ado, let's bring on the uh, beer and fishing guy, Hans Doof. Today we welcome Hans, co-founder of Blind Man Brewing in our hometown of Lacombe, Alberta, Canada. Blindman Brewing has been built on a vision of creating innovative, quality craft beer using the best locally sourced ingredients. Their vision has led the business through eight years of successful growth. And most recently, Blind Men was also awarded as the 2022 Brewery of the Year and Best in Show at the Alberta Beer Awards. Congratulations, Hans, and welcome. Thanks, Jess and Brad. Thank you for having me. Thanks for coming on. Um, so we're a, a fishing podcast, but yep. we're also a business podcast. So we, from the very beginning, had you on our list of guests that we wanted to talk about because we have collaborated on a couple of really cool projects over the years. And you have done a lot of really cool stuff over your eight years in business. Yeah. Thank you. Um, you guys have done a lot of cool stuff over your 94 years of business too. So. <laughs> It's good to be. We're not responsible for all of that, but yes, we do have a pretty cool history, I must say. Um, yeah, I guess I don't know. Uh, I don't know if that's like kind of a send off into talking about that, or uh, like we've been going for eight years. Yeah, in here, just like two blocks away from your guys's place, and we've uh, we were the twentieth brewery in Alberta in twenty fifteen. So uh, that. And now there's call it hundred, like north of 150. So we were able to kind of hit the market and uh, and get a pretty good uh, hold of some of this uh, shelf space and uh, people's attention. So yeah, and and I guess yeah, we could talk about some of that rad stuff. I guess as we keep on going, but it's uh, it's been really cool to to keep on trying to have fun and keep it fresh. And I I think. Um, I think alongside your guys' business, beer is is easy to to kind of beer and fishing, like outdoor outdoor pursuits and that kind of stuff, is easy to kind of tag along some really fun initiatives and and to keep everybody engaged, keep your customers engaged, and and our staff just loving working here. So, how many people work for uh, Blyman? How many core products do you have? How many? Uh, tell us about the business in general. Yeah, so we now we're at about 32 employees. We haven't really had to increase in the last couple of years, uh, but we've still increased our production. So we've been able to scale um, with the staff we have, which is great. Um, and 
in terms of our products, we have a healthy balance of core beers as well as one-offs. So last year, for instance, we released, I think we released 45 new, no, what was it? It was 55 beers last year, including uh, some of our smaller batches, but still 55 unique beers. And, um, but in terms of our core beers, uh, call it eight with four of those being right vying for top spot, depending on the month. So one of those is a, is a fond beer that is, uh, fond to my stomach as well as your guys is, um, whatever, uh, heart, brand. heart and heart. soul. But it is a five of diamonds Pilsner and it is, I'm drinking it right now uh, because it's Friday and it is officially afternoon. So <laughs> that's a good idea. I, uh, I'm still on coffee. That's not good. That's, that's bad. Oh, yeah. It's, um, it's we should go get some from the fridge upstairs. We might have, no, have I gave them kicking around. I gave them all away. We're really well, good at giving away the beer that we purchased. We got to re-up you guys. You yeah. Well, speaking of um, the Five of Diamonds Pilsner, tell us, or our listeners, I guess I should say, about what brought that on, because you um, did approach us, and it was really, really good timing from like a community and marketing perspective, but I want to hear how it went for you on the back end, and you know who came up with the concept, and all of those fun details. Well, so yeah, like it's there's your side and our side uh so what happened at the outset the very very beginning like before the brewery was even conceptual like it was when it was conceptual and not a, a thing like obviously the five of diamond like a lot of breweries name things after landmarks and histor historical kind of local kind of connection points um, one of our beers is named the Trip Hammer Robust Porter because there's still operating trip hammers in this blacksmith shop in Lacombe. But that was uh, kind of an afterthought. But the first one was, hey, I think people know the Five of Diamonds Fishhook in Lacombe or, and in Alberta and in Western Canada. And that is the most iconic thing that Lacombe has. And it just is alluring, excuse the pun. You guys have probably said that word a lot. But uh, so... So before the brewery was even a thing, I was like, hey, how can we even maybe tie into that that a little bit and tell that story with our with our beer? So we didn't bring that to you guys until I think our third year uh, because you guys and us, we wanted to prove to you that, that uh, our beer was quality and our brand was strong and our trust was there. So, so met up with you guys and then it's like and then it was a conversation with you guys i remember like, meeting with you upstairs and yeah. um i thought the the cool thing about how you wanted to actually approach the beer was one of the you were one of the first that really wanted to make a craft pilsner yeah like the that kind of dance that we had with you guys was really cool because we all wanted to drink we all wanted to make this beer the most refreshing uh crisp beer we've made like a pilsner that is properly aged and is quality um and that uh will reach the angler or anybody like any outdoor campers or generally like it's our most popular beer at our tap room now because 
a lot of people in rural kind of places like these easier drinking beers. Um, so yeah, we wanted, we didn't have that beer in our, in our portfolio, in our product lineup. So we were like, yeah, let's make that beer. So talking to you guys about that was, was the exciting thing. And then proving to you guys that we could do that. We came out of it, uh, getting the best product inside the can and the best design outside of the can, I think. The timing um, was really quite good because when you were approaching us, we were also uh, pondering what to do for our 90th anniversary. And I don't remember if we talked to you first or talked to the metal fabricator first, but the world's largest lure was uh, part of that project. And and if we could do uh, a partnership with a, um iconic because really blind men at that point when we did this was one of the old uh, the old craft brewers on the block in terms of like it, they'd been well entrenched they'd had a good uh, reputation and if we could build something that was uh you know really you know well liked by a wide audience of people and uh we sat down we had a good we had a good uh, back and forth and we decided that we're going to do this awesome beer packaging looks great and uh we're going to pull the community in by uh taking a small royalty on every can but every royalty every penny of royalty goes into conservation projects so um it's just it was a good win 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 situation for everybody yeah oh yeah like and i how how much have you guys talked on this pod have you talked at all about on the podcast about how many ponds and how like the proceeds and stuff like it's has that been uh well, it, um, well that's what we're talking about today yeah that's <laughs> what we're talking about today Sweet. so we we have we have invested a lot of the money that we have raised through the beer sales um into improving our community ponds one of which project uh is happening right now brad super yeah super exciting project yeah tell us about it brad i, I want to hear the update i haven't got an update in a while well, the update is is uh, we're building a fully accessible uh, wheelchair accessible well any 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 mobility accessible dock for the Len Thompson Pond. It's 100 feet long by 100 feet wide, kind of a horseshoe shape, and uh, just literally hands. Just before we got onto this podcast, I was meeting the contractors and going over because it's the main structure is complete, so uh, it looks fantastic, and uh, they just have to tie it into the the shore but that they got to wait for better weather for that but that a large part of the reason why that project is happening is because of this partnership this beer it really mm -hmm. uh, it's, a, it's a significant chunk of change that we're uh we're both donating essentially to this project and it's going to be good for the community it's going to be good for the accessible community it's going to be good for the pond it's going to be good for tour it's going to be good for so many things so mm -hmm. and that all came to be because of uh at the end of the day, because of a silly little beer. Yeah. And a silly That's little cool. piece of metal, as you like to say. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it gets drilled through the ice to get put on the, on the water, right? Yeah. It's, it's piled. It's, uh, it's got screw piles in there. So it's not floating. It's not a floating dock. It is like a, it's like a boardwalk is how I would describe yeah. it. Like a permanent Sweet. structure, but there's little uh, divots to make like basically little mini platforms all around this big horseshoe shape, which will um, get people further out into the pond, which is better for fishing. It gives the fish some structure. So that's good for the fish. Um, 
it's yeah, it's a it's a piece of art for sure. That's awesome. Just drive past it on your way home today. So one of the things that I wanted to ask you, Hans, is um you've given us a lot of leniency on on where this money goes. You've always said that um you like to kind of know what's happening, but you've been very supportive of us really funneling that money into things like pond improvements. And we've done a ton of stocking. So I know that you personally are, um, a lover of the outdoors. You've done lots of really cool things, um, within your business as well for the environment, but you're not much of an angler. So I was curious to know what you have learned from the projects that we've done. How, what has that meant to you? I, I, I learned more about the community ponds, like the, the actual uh, municipal kind of ponds that are getting stocked and just learning more from you guys about, about how that goes and how it's just a rich part of so many, so many communities. So um, I, I, when you said I'm not much of an angler, I just, I just got, I just like a little bit of shame because I was like, I wish I live right by Gull Lake. Like I could walk right. I just live right by Gull Lake. And there's one guy named uh, Harv Prince who's like the, the angler, like just right. He's, he's my neighbor and he's there all the time. He knows all the spots. He catches so much. He's like, Hans, come out anytime you want. We'll go fishing. And I just, I don't. So it helps to have kids and the kids, like one of my boys in particular is like, pulling me into getting out on the lake and and as he grows up uh that will help me get out there more but anyways yeah i don't know if that answers your question i think the the process of this whole um this whole uh supporting uh trout ponds and, and outdoor uh pursuits and conservation efforts with you guys uh has been super cool because you guys are dialed into so many of these systems and conservation efforts already. So I guess I get, I get proud of, of the money that you guys and us help, help raise towards these projects. So it's, it's kind of a total thing, like an overarching uh, understanding. The warm and fuzzy. Warm and fuzzy. I feel warm and fuzzy uh, with all these slimy fish. (laughs) (laughs) I, uh, I want to change gears a little bit and talk about your product and not the product, actually, the business and how it builds the product. So um, one of the big concepts that that Blind Man preaches is locally uh, sourced uh, ingredients and locally sourced, uh, even for like your food boxes that you've done and everything like that. So talk to us about how you... Um, how you incorporate that aspect to into your business. And then I have a follow-up question in, in regards to uh, the environment after that. Yeah. So um, I guess on a couple of different levels, the one, I, w- I guess I would start with my, the background of me personally is that I, I was raised on a, in a greenhouse horticultural farm. So my family uh, grows peppers, cucumbers, tomatoes, eggplant, lettuce, uh, hot peppers, all this stuff, just, west of Lacombe, near right near Gull Lake. I live right there. And I was uh, raised with uh, growing food for people locally. Uh, and they still still they're still doing it. I left the greenhouse to make booze. So I left the healthy food. Um, but uh, so 
I would say that I, I've done farmer's markets since I was small, since I was a kid. Um, I understand uh, direct marketing, uh, like food systems and understanding your farmer and, and those connections are really important. Um, one little uh, feather in my cap is that I was one of the ones who helped uh, lobby to get beer, craft beer finally available to sell at farmer's markets. So we, we sell our beer at various farmer's markets in Alberta. Um, and it's just cool to be connected to all those local pr uh, producers and, and growers. So um, the other cool thing is in beer with regards to beer and the ingredients that go into beer, a big ingredient is barley <laughs> and uh, wheat and different types of other grains, but primarily barley. And we live in the heart of the, of the world's best barley uh, production and farming. So we get to utilize grain that's like grown in the fields, just like across the road. So we, it gets grown by the people that we know. Uh, it gets malted just down the road in Alex at a, uh, most of our malt gets malted there. Uh, the specialty stuff, specialty stuff gets malted um, from a local farm that we use called Redshed just outside of Penhold. Um, and uh, we love to brag about the quality and lo locality of, of, our, of, our, of our grain. There is actually, hops are a big part of beer too, and hop production is actually growing in central Alberta as well and in maturity. So we're actually using um, some local hops in, in our type, some of our beers as well. So it's very important to me. The other cool thing is, I, I think you guys would agree, is Lacombe is an interesting kind of place for um, food systems and, and just some kind of peripheral agricultural stuff. Like these local food boxes that we did, like during COVID, we, we wanted to support the, all these producers and, and uh, who are growing and, and pr producing food to, to get those to people. So we would make these boxes with our beer and we'd get them out to people and just highlight all the amazing local producers in and around uh, Lacombe. Cool. I think, I think that's awesome. Uh, there's a whole obviously trend in society to be focusing on green and what you're doing for the environment and, and what you're doing for our, you know, society and our planet as part of a corporation. And that's a really good thing to do. But my question is, around a couple of projects that I want you to walk me through is how does it work from a financial benefit point of view? Uh, things like your solar or your carbon capture, is it more, does it work uh, more than just a marketing uh, plan or does it, does it actually help in the dollars and cents type of thing? That's a, like, that's a good question because it really teases out the ideal ideological or the realistic kind of, views of this. So I would start off to say that we, we've had some really cool initiatives that we've tried to push in terms of uh, sustainability and, and CO2 recapture and stuff like that. So yeah, like I said, Brad, we, we put solar panels on the roof, 180 of them. And this past year, it saved 30% of our power bill. Um, so that was good. Um, very good. Uh, I'll, I'll get in. I'll just, I'll just say right out the outset, the, all these, these two projects, the solar panels and the CO2 recapture, we got a grant for. 
So the, the solar was 25% grant and the CO2 recapture was 50% grant. So all of that is, as you know, uh, really helping with the ROI. So mm -hmm. uh, it would be a whole nother story if I'm trying to be honest and frank, if we didn't get that 50% grant for the CO2 recapture. So I guess I get getting ahead of myself with that. Like it really helps to get free money from the government for these initiatives. Um, and I hope that everybody utilizes all businesses kind of clue in because if you can get that, it it's some of these things are no brainers. So, so yeah, like the solar one was one, uh, the CO2 recapture was uh, installed. Um, it was a long process and we had some hiccups with getting the product here because it's, um, it's there, it has some high pressure vessels and we had to get different stamps and codes and stuff. So we got that installed last fall and we've started to, we still have a couple snags in terms of utilizing the CO2 that we harvest, that we harvest. So, um, but it's running and uh, we are capturing CO2. So maybe the listeners would just a step back. We, during fermentation, uh, the yeast eats the sugar and the oxygen in the beer to create CO2, heat, alcohol, and other flavors. So all that CO2 for most breweries our size, uh, we're the first in Canada to get this, uh, would just blow out all the CO2 into ambient air. So it would just get dispersed and not utilized. And we every brewery just buys petrochemical CO2 grade, petrochemical grade CO2. So um, the CO2 recapture system we got is from Texas and there's a, like 20 of them in the States and they uh, capture CO2, scrub it and repressurize it uh, for, to use in other processes. So some breweries, there's one brewery in particular that uses only harvested CO2 for their whole system. Whereas us, uh, we're gonna try to, our best to use as much as we can and it'll hopefully offset our CO2 consumption by at least half um, which is like right now a 60k bill annually. So um, it'll have probably payback in five years. This CO2. Um, so you, so you, so as a, as a byproduct of the fermentation process, you emit CO2, and then you just got to go and buy CO2 again to inject yeah. into the can so that it's fizzy. So this is kind of the the uh, innovative project to try to offset that. Yeah, yeah, it's. Uh, yeah, it's not doubling down or it's not wasting. It's uh, pushing that CO2 into the beer or others, other ways so that people can burp it out and not burp it out twice. I don't know. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> uh, Jess, do you have any more questions before we go on to rapid fire? No, I think we should get her done. Okay. So um, Hans, are you familiar with the rules of rapid fire? Uh, like right when it comes to your mind, you have to say it. So you get 30 seconds for a question to answer. I set a timer and I hold it up so you can see the countdown. And if you go over 30 seconds, Brad lectures you. You lose a point. You lose a point. Okay. Do it. Are you ready? Yep. Hopefully I don't suck at this. You'll be fine. 30 seconds, Hans. Okay. All right, Brad, do you want to ask the first question? Please tell us about the last time you went fishing and with who? I went fishing. 
with whom I went fishing with my brother-in-law on the lake and we borrowed my mom and dad's in-laws boat and we didn't catch anything but it was a beautiful sunset uh and my one of my sons was with us and we just it was glass the water was totally glass and it was just uh it was magic but i didn't catch anything that's an important point it's not always about catching stuff it's about being out in the in environment and just chillaxing it's called fishing not catching right yeah Yeah. Yeah. all right (laughs) question number two i'm sure you get asked this often but not on the made for memories podcast so your personal favorite blind man beer hmm uh that like i'm not doing it because uh we're on this podcast talking about five of diamonds but five of diamonds is my favorite beer we make i've always wanted to make a crisp lager like a pilsner lager and we did and it's win it's a winner we won a gold medal with it this past year at the alberta brewing rewards and it's the best Perfect. Extra points. <laughs> just for the listeners, we didn't even pay hands to say that. Nope. It just just happened. Didn't even yeah. bribe them. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Question number three. Uh, your biggest challenge of running a craft brewery. Um. It is uh, probably. Probably. Um, I only have that much time. Uh, as we grow, uh, it's probably dealing with the pressures of the market increasing and how do we get to that next level, as well as um, uh, just in just relationship with staff and and ownerships and and just kicking ass at that. So typical business owner problems. Yeah. 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 Uh, people always say oh, it must be awesome. Awesome running a fishing lure company. Well, it's still like running a business. It's still, yeah. it's still, uh, there still comes with lots of challenges and sleepless nights. And yeah. Yeah. I think like what I'm saying is not new to any, like, that's why the cool thing about entrepreneurial things is that you get to confide in people who don't even re- uh, quote unquote live in your industry. Like we can talk shop with anybody because there's the same, a lot of things transcend industry. Question number four, the greatest joy of running your own brewery. Uh, probably the, I would say two things. One is being able to provide for staff and have, and the staff having buy-in to this thing. That gives me great joy when staff are giving it in, uh, are bought in and, and the other one is to have our tap room and to have customers enjoy a beer uh, with other friends in our tap room. Cool. Question number five. Tell us about uh, your favorite collaboration other than the Five of Diamonds Pilsner. <laughs> um, that's a tough one. I would say, shoot. Um, man that we've done quite a few uh man i need more than 30 seconds to think about seconds. this 11 Our seconds 10 seconds with, with Tro- troubled monk uh it was called the burbank series collaboration 
And our first one was a troubled monk. And that was a cool one because of our first ever one. Nailed it, ish. Yeah. We didn't get any details on that collaboration, but at least you gave an answer. Uh, <laughs> I'll move on. <laughs> give give an extra five seconds on what the collaboration was about. It was an old ale, which is like a molasses kind of a little bit nuanced molasses and really dry and like a traditionally old style beer. And it was delicious. Cool. Very good. Question number six. Your favorite thing about Lacombe? Oh, uh, that's easy. The giant fish hook. <laughs> oh. Aww. Yeah, it's such a butt kisser. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, I, I I would say like Lacombe is like, I don't know, there's some vibrancy. Like when you drive when you drive downtown uh on a Friday or a Saturday or a Sunday, there's people walking around and there's some cool like there's just there's just kind of like this vibrancy that's still here. And there's people support like the, the people who live here are supporting us and our, these local businesses and that's longer than 30 seconds sorry yeah you lose a point but it's you're on the right track yeah. <laughs> question number seven uh and we we struggle with this to a certain degree too but uh this is maybe more than a 30 second one but you're gonna have to make it work how do you manage all of the different sub brands that you have within your overarching brand of blind man that is a challenge all the time is how do we uh navigate all these brands and how do we intentionally try to push one and not the other and learn our margin on one and and uh which one is gonna sell it's it's a hard that's a challenge for me all the time i kind of head up all of our sales and it is, I don't have a good answer. I would love to hear somebody else's answer, like yours on this. <laughs> well, to be to be honest, I asked the question um, because I think it is, or I wrote the question. I think it's so hard to create this cohesiveness between your brands. And with your stuff, I just feel it, which is why I wanted to ask the question on where that comes from. Where does that feeling come from? Because I, I, even if you don't know how to answer the question, I feel like even though everything is so different, it just works together. Yeah. Like there's some little, uh, on our cans, there's some identifiers. Like we have kind of a strip with our, on each of our cans with our, just our, our name. Uh, and that's kind of the identifier. And we have kind of like a, a river seam die cut, but you're, I, I would love to, hear how how that works for any brand with sub brands because it's so like for breweries especially like you want to have you want the customer you want it to be clear for the customer but you don't want to be uh boring and have the same label with every single can yeah we could let's talk about this more later over a few beers yes yeah yeah your tap room yeah which is beautiful by the way they renovated it uh last winter you has it been a year yet It'll be a year, uh, April 1st. So we were invited to the grand opening and it's it's gorgeous. So if you're ever in Lacombe, you got to go see the world's largest lure and you got to go have a Fava Diamonds Pilsner at the Blind Men Tap Room. Mm. All right, question number eight. Do you have any new projects on the horizon that you would like to share? Um, we are a couple, like we're getting EV chargers here. We're getting a fast charge EVs charger, uh, another grant opportunity. So look at me driving a Tesla in the next number of months. Just kidding. I'm not. Um, and then 
uh, we are releasing our first ever kind of 12 pack of beer. So we're going to be doing a, a Mexican lager and that's, it's a new format that we're kind of testing the waters with. Cool. Your last assignment was generally we ask people to do a fishing joke, but uh, it's not really fair to ask a beer guy to do a fishing joke, especially if he doesn't fish. So give us, give us one of fish. I sometimes fish. Sometimes fish. Sometimes fish. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but tell us, tell us, tell us one of the better beer jokes that you've heard. Um, so uh, why, why do they never serve beer at a math party? Anybody know? No? No. Because you can't drink and derive. And can drink and derive. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Calculus, little calculus humor yeah. there. <laughs> Money. Like I'm a dad uh, who tells lame jokes and I'm going to keep this in the bank. Like this is a good one. Unless you haven't taken your brain forever. Unless you haven't almost failed out of calculus. At least I knew what a derivative was. But I don't know what a derivative, I, but I know what de derive is kind of a math thing. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Close enough. Last but not least, Hans, where can people learn more about Blind Man and uh, follow you on social media and all of those fun things? Uh, so uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, we're on those three Instagram. Yeah. You just blind on brewing. Uh, our website's kind of cool. There's some cool, like, uh, kind of cartoon animations of, of, uh, almost like a walkthrough of a brewery. So blindmanbrewing.com. And yeah, obviously I, thanks for plugging the tap room, Jess, but we're really proud of it. And if you're, it's right on, like go to the lure and have a pint because we're right off the highway. So that's why that's, that's, a, that's a move. Thanks for coming on, Hans. It was this was fun. It's fun talk to, talking to you guys. Aww. It's like a new step for us to like talk like with an audience, knowing that there's going to be people listening. It's a yeah. move, so it's fun. Now, before we sign off, I'd like to share a final thought uh, on the Five of Diamonds Pilsner can. It says that Len was known for saying that the best time to go fishing is when the fish are biting, and we're of the mind that the best time for a beer is when you're thirsty. But please enjoy responsibly and keep it on shore. Until next time, listeners, happy fishing.